0: What's up, guys? Uh, this is Jacob here, No Easy Buckets Podcast. Uh, being joined, a little, little curveball, being joined today by my good buddy, uh, Michael Powell. Uh, he, just, he just He's going to jump on with me, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, second round NBA action, kind of how the first round ended up, maybe talk a little NFL draft and just just back and forth a little bit. But uh, thanks for joining, Mike. Appreciate you Thanks on. for having me, Jacob. I'm, I'm excited about it. Finally get to do it. We've been talking about it for a while,
1: but I'm glad it's finally going down.
0: I know, I know. Me and uh I've been I, I want to get all my my friends on here to get their takes on stuff. It, it's uh it's really a kind of a good way to I guess just talk with your friends about sports, which is what you do all the time anyway outside of, you know, in everyday life, but you know if you can put it out there for everybody else to hear, you know, cuz everybody needs to hear what we say. I mean, obviously me and you like people want to know. Cuz it's pretty good, pretty good information, pretty 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 good takes, so <laughs> I mean, this I mean, is just all all coffee uh, break room talk, pretty much. Yeah. it's just why not yeah. record it? Why not record it and put it for the world to see? For the world to see, but but yeah, we were uh, kind of thought about starting out this uh, podcast around uh, second round in the NBA, kind of continuing our, our normal coverage. But we kind of were talking, you know, to ourselves a little bit about the NFL draft, which is you know uh, another you know was it something else that was big in the news this week on Thursday that. uh kind of went down but so we'll just we'll chat a little bit about that i mean i think there was some there was some uh some big news in that i think the the number one thing was uh the bears jumping up to take uh mitch mitch trubisky yeah Mitchell mitchell the bitchel uh <laughs> I, heard that. I heard some nicknames thrown around on on uh twitter it was some, some chicago fans but
1: i noticed the yeah. twitter sphere really blew them up especially (laughs) with the go packers
0: he tweeted like five years ago i was like all right (laughs) that's the i saw somebody else tweet like why do agents when they're hired by these guys why is their first thing not all right let's go back to like 2011 and delete every single tweet that you had because none of it was good because you were like a freshman in college or like a senior in high school and whatever your opinion was was trash (laughs) No, he said, "Man, I love me some titties." And one of them, I was like, "What? Yeah, I love kissing titties or something." It was crazy. Yeah, it was I was hilarious. like, "No, and you can't like, delete dude, it. It's all you screenshot." You that. Barstool already made a T-shirt about it. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, I mean, they're just they're on top of their game with that one. But, but, but yeah, man, that that was that was some funny stuff. I love when they go back like that and and see those. Like, I think it was the receiver. I'm not gonna quote the tweets because they were pretty pretty out there. But one of the receivers for uh, I think it was Geronimo Allison for uh, Green Bay this year, he got pulled up off the practice squad when they had an injury, and his tweets from like 09 and 2010 were just they were some eye openers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like then, and I'm just like, dude, they're still not deleted. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? That's the like, worst part about our society today, especially for the younger guys that
1: are. In high yeah. school and even in college today, before they get into the draft, like you've got to have a clean social media, or yeah. it's all going to come back to bite you. As you can see already with just Trubisky and a couple of those other guys, it's, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, I've I've actually seen some YouTubers or people online. They'll go back and do like cringeworthy videos where they read their old Facebook status or their old tweets from when they first got the platform. And it's it's hilarious stuff. I mean, like if we go back to like high school and what we were putting on Facebook, you know, it's so much different than what's on Facebook now. And it would probably just make us like, just squirm in our seat how like awkward it is. So I think it's it's there's a there's a level of like humor to it. I mean, especially if you're saying some like pretty questionable things. Like I guess it could be a negative. I do think it's like kind of a good comedy, a little a little bit of lightheartedness. You know, maybe it can endure you to some of the fans, but. Uh, but let's hope that let's hope that nothing nothing else too crazy happens but I think Mitch uh Mitchell like a lot of fan a lot of Chicago fans were hating that pick um, hating them moving up I think they did get fleeced on the trade by the 49ers because like I don't think because they were they were picking number three right behind San Francisco at two yeah. and I San Francisco wasn't gonna draft him they were bidding against themselves Chicago was bidding against themselves and I think you know that's the only thing I would I would have I would have, you know, that's the only thing I disliked about it.
1: Yeah, I didn't know what exactly they were trying to do because they probably could have got him at that number four pick. Yeah, number three. Yeah. They well, were. But well, they went from four to three, right? Or three to no, two. No, they're three to two. That's the okay, thing. Yeah. yeah there's nobody I
0: mean, else in between them.
1: Yeah. That's I don't crazy. understand it. But of course, I don't understand a lot of the trading stuff. I'm not the expert there, but you never know.
0: I mean, yeah, they, no. It may work
1: out. They may look like heroes.
0: But, That's you know, true. Like people hate on him right now, but if if Trubisky comes out and starts game one and you know does pulls like a dak from last year or you know even Carson Wentz who they didn't make the playoffs but he had a really good start there uh, for Philadelphia you know if he comes out like that then nobody nobody remembers it they'll be like oh we got our quarterback for the next ten years so or you could end up like Mark
1: Sanchez or
0: you could like Mark Sanchez because he
1: only started like sixteen games in college at USC yeah. And then he went you – know, you know, he started for the Jets for three or four years. But, I mean, he wasn't anything no. uh, superstar
0: uh, status or anything like that. But He's similar to Trubisky who only started like one full season in college before going in the draft, which that's what some people were uh, kind of picking over because he started a few games two years ago. Then they had another quarterback that started, and then he started this full season. So he was like 14 or 15 games, that was all – you know, it's not a big sample size, but you know, everybody's trying to get a quarterback. I can't hate on anybody for taking a quarterback in the first round, because honestly, like, if you take a if you take a defensive tackle that is legit, honestly, your fans may never even notice it. But if you if you pass over a quarterback that ends up winning a Super Bowl before you win one, then they'll all remember that. So yeah. I can't hate on I can't hate on a fan on the fan base or the the team organization from for taking a quarterback i mean you gotta you gotta look out for the you gotta look out for yourself and you gotta try to win a title because that's what you know it's all about in the nfl but the only way
1: you can get hated on by drafting a quarterback in the first round is on your fantasy team (laughs) <laughs> your best football the team. team that's the golden yeah. rule is don't
0: draft yes. the quarterback in the
1: first round but yes I'll, we tend to see it people do that over
0: and over and over again it always happens it always happens or somebody in the early second you know they'll they'll reach on like aaron Rodgers. it's just there's so much value later just don't do it like take a, <laughs> dual,
1: if you get a dual threat quarterback that can score touchdowns with the ball on the ground then yeah i could Maybe. argue against it but at the same time it's like if you're in the like the league yeah. that we're in with the fourteen man league, it's like okay, they, those wide receivers and running backs go out quick. You got to get those guys, yeah. But anyway, that's that's a whole. It's neither here nor there. Well,
0: I do. That is something though that I definitely want to do. a Fantasy football podcast t- closer to the start of the fantasy season because I am all about some of that. We'll have to get our, our other buddies on uh, Jake Speltz and a couple other guys and see their thoughts on it. But absolutely, I mean, that's. One of the best times of the year, NFL draft. I mean, NBA draft is like maybe my favorite sporting event, uh, as long as well as M- NBA playoffs. But fancy football season, fancy football draft night is—it's probably top five.
1: We're gonna top. I mean, we're we're getting very close. I mean, we're talking about how quick the year's going by. I mean, we're gonna turn around and it's gonna be the NBA draft. We'll be yeah, I know. it's that. like in
0: a month or it's like a—it's in June. I think it's the end of June. Yeah, it's yeah, it's finals. crazy. Yeah, right after yeah, right after the finals. It's yeah, too bad that the Grizzlies don't have a, a, a pick this draft. Oh, too soon. Yeah, too soon, too soon. It's yeah, not like we, we
1: do to. any. It's not like the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> ever do anything with a first round draft pick.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. Like, Jordan Adams. Jordan Adams, dude. I was watching clips of Jordan Adams earlier because I was looking up some stuff for the podcast. I was looking up some Grizzlies contract stuff, and uh, I was telling Walker, we are actually paying. Jordan Adams, $1.3 million, or $1.4 million this year. Like, he's making more to not be on our roster than Jermichael Green made, being a starter. Like, that's hilarious. I mean, I know it's guaranteed contract, but it's like, that's just like funny to look at because, like, Jermichael Green started, you know, 80%, 85% of our games, 90% of our games this year, and uh, he's making less money than a dude who got cut in October.
1: It's well, just, have you read the uh, Have you read the article on the Ringer? Uh, Danny Chow published it back in March, but he said, "Can you teach an old bear new tricks?" Yeah, I did. Read, I think I read that one. Yeah, that pretty much just makes you depressed if you look at it. If you read the whole yeah. thing, but no, even, I read that. I that, that, I that article. No, no, it's not that one. I made a mistake there. It's it's the one that just came out not too long ago. It, it talks about the five things the Grizzlies need to do in the off season. Oh, really? And the question they one. need
0: to answer cuz basically yeah. they're
1: they're just saying that the grit and grind era is over. Mm-hmm. On paper.
0: Yeah. I mean, and we could even chat a little bit about that too because, you know, I mean, we did, you know, the Grizzlies were eliminated by the Spurs last Thursday night. Uh, you know, it was a it was a decently close game. I think it ended like eight or nine points, but, you know, it wasn't we, it was a close. We were actually winning in the fourth quarter by seven, eighty-eight, eighty-one, and then it kind of, you know, we just couldn't score in the fourth. And that's kind of the talking about addressing needs in the off season. We've got Zach Randolph and Tony Allen coming up in free agency. Vince Carter's a free agent. I know, yeah. uh, or so is Michael Green. I no, know you yes, were saying earlier article, that Vince Carter article, wants to resign.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the article now. The article is called "The Grit and Grind." Grizzlies have reached a dead end. Oh.
0: Which that's, is not uh, a very nice be.
1: title to a to an article that your beloved <laughs> Grizzlies are, but I mean, I think in the end we're going to make. I think our front office has got a lot on the on the table to uh, look at in depth, but yeah. the basic basically they have two choices: either they they're either going to dump both Zeebo and Tony Allen, or they're going to keep one or the other. And I think at the end of the day, you got to keep you got to keep Zach Randolph. Mm-hmm. He's got with, – with his ground-and-pound type play, he is near – he's going to give you much more value at the end of the day than Tony would.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, – I know we saw Zach start here the last few games and kind of give us a spark versus a really particular Spurs matchup with them playing two bigs and not really having much defense down low. They're more of a team. You know, they're not individual defenders. Um, so he was able to highlight a little bit more of that kind of uh, – one-on-one offensive game, but going forward, he the best role for him is on the bench, like he was all season. You know, averaging almost a double-double off the bench, uh, very solid numbers. If he resigns with us, which it'll have to be, you know, he made ten million dollars this year. It's going to have to be less than that. I think he is a good signing because he gets buckets off on your bench unit. He is a good guy to have come in the game with some younger guys because usually our bench unit is going to be filled with a, you know a, a rookie here or there. Some inexperienced guys to be able to have that option, you know, who can stretch the floor a little bit, he, you know, hit the jump shot and hit the corner three, and you know, can get you offensive rebounding and, and and get you a bucket late in the shot clock when you need it, you know, that can save you from having those, you know, re- that can save you from the you know opposing team getting on those long runs when your starters are out or when your you know Mike or M- Mike Mike or Mark is out. So I think we can resign. You know, he wouldn't be a bad option. Tony said, in his close in his uh, exit interview that he didn't want to break the bank. He wanted to be back here, but he didn't want the Grizzlies to break the bank to bring him back. So that's an interesting outlook. I think we, if we could get him for like the veterans minimum or something like yes. that, if he was designed for that, which I think is like a million or, like one or $2 million, I think they changed it with the new CBA. But if we could get Tony Allen for like $2 million a year, no brainer. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's a starter moving forward the whole season, but even if he's not, even if he's off your bench, like you know, what if you have your bench unit of Zach Randolph, two of your bench unit guys are Zach Randolph and Tony Allen. I mean, I'm cool with that. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a proponent of that. The and interesting I think Vin- part with – yeah, um, not to cut you off, but the,
1: the interesting oh, part in the ringer with the, the dead end uh, mm-hmm. article is Randolph's per game averages this season went down – because he played fewer minutes than ever, but his yeah. per minute averages were right on line with what he what he's done in the past eight years in Memphis. Right, so right. he's still his... being efficient with what he's doing on the floor, which that's all you need. That's all you need out of him.
0: Yeah, like that was. I think I heard that too from one of the guys on Twitter. He was saying that yeah, his individual numbers were down as opposed to other seasons, but his efficiency and his like. I think they do it by like per forty or per one hundred possessions or something, or like their per forty minute stats. Like like over like a, they instead of doing it like individual game averages, they do it like over a longer time span and like it tells you like, oh, he's actually as good or better than he was in the past. So that's like you just saying that, like that's that's the role he needs to stay in. And I think he will like, you know, I think he understands that and I think Fizdale he, he really showed a lot this year with uh you know garnering respect from his players and especially with that rant towards the end of the season so oh yeah you know I, I have good I have good hopes for the future I, I would love for us to bring those two guys back for one or two maybe like a each of them on a two year contract with like with a, a player op- player option player or a team mm-hmm. option probably team option honestly you probably got to do team just to uh, cuz you don't want the, if they d- dramatically drop off you don't want those that money still in the books but no. if you can bring those two guys back for you know you know, if you can stay under ten million, I mean, I don't know, I really, I don't want to get into all the numbers, but if you can stay pretty, pretty cheap with those two guys, and then try to address the wing, uh, you know, get a little bit more depth on the wing uh, before we get Chandler Parsons back, or in, you know, in the meantime before we get Chandler Parsons back, uh, I think that's kind of the the route to take. I
1: think the only problem, and it mentions it in the article again. I mean, it's a good read. I'd recommend everybody yeah. who's listening to it, go check it out. But yeah. it's saying that the Grizzlies. Owners are going to have to dig deep in the pockets to, they may have to break into the luxury tax if they mm-hmm. wanted to actually sign those guys again. Um, I, I don't know if the the ownership is going to want to break the bank and do that, but but yeah. neither here or there, I mean, that's that's something obviously you and I can't
0: control or no one else can control no. them, but it's I mean, always fun to talk about. Well, they've they've made underrated front office moves in the past, and they've made moves that I hated but turned out to be okay.
1: They'll continue
0: um, doing that, by the way. Yeah, I, they'll I, continue. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that we're going to make
1: any better changes with – I mean, no. Chris Wallace has been great, but at the yeah. same time, I, I respect him. I, I really like him as a person. He's a great guy. I don't know if he's the right fit at the end of the yeah. day, but mm-hmm. he's definitely shown improvements over the past couple of years.
0: Yeah. He definitely, he definitely has. Uh, he's been. Uh, I mean, he's he's been around the league. He, it, that's just the thing. Like, you can nitpick general managers all day because a lot of times it's a crapshoot. At the you know in the draft or in free agency, sometimes there's no known commodities. There are glaring you know things like the Hashim Thabit pick and, and and instances like that. There are glaring things that stand out, but over the for the most part, I mean, he we've been to the playoffs like seven straight years. For a small you know, maybe the smallest I think market. Eight? In the eight? Seven or eight. Maybe this was the eighth, but it was like for this mark for that market and for our past history, like he's you know, he deserves you know, a lot of credit for that. And Heck yeah. something was I was something I was talking to Walker about today too. I think I I really wish we could get into the back end of the first round or the early second round of this coming draft. Um, you know, we'll do a draft, uh kind of a small draft break. I do know poor man's draft breakdown here in the next couple of weeks too. But there's a lot of talent in the back end of the first in the early second round of this incoming draft, some college, some upperclassmen that are coming out uh, as opposed to the younger guys that I think could really help us immediately. Kind of like Malcolm Brogdon helped the Bucks this year, being like a fifth year senior coming from Virginia and, you know, being a starter after the midpoint of the season and actually helping them in the playoffs. If we could get a late first early second round pick, uh, I would love that. And I think, the the option we have to explore with that is a is a trade, and I think the two the two players we need to look into are Brandon Wright and Andrew Harrison. And normally, before the playoffs started, I would have said, you know, Andrew Harrison's like a throw-in; nobody's really gonna throw too much after him. But he did have a pretty good postseason. Compared yeah, his stock to his definitely has gone up over the past stock stock of definitely weeks. went up. Showed some defensive ability. Showed some transition ability. Hit hit some, several of his outside shots. His value, honestly, I'm still not a huge fan of him. His value, honestly, I don't see getting much bigger. No, I would try to, I would try to move on from him now and next year. Let Wade Baldwin take those backup point, or even bring in a veteran, a small veteran, kind of like a Tony, like you did with Tony Douglas this year. But I, I think we should try to move away from him and Brandon and let Deontay Davis take uh, Deontay Davis take Brandon Wright's minutes. And uh, you know, get that money off the books, and as well try to get some kind of pick with that. I don't know if we'd be able to do it because you know Brandon Wright's not a, a huge player. But if you could get one of those teams that's you know maybe after the playoffs are over, one of the teams that was you know that's still in it right now, maybe was like, oh, if we would have had a rim protector, if we'd have had somebody on our bench that could that can catch lobs and, and is you know is pretty athletic, maybe we can you can I guess coerce them into it. But I think you know, Brandon Wright could be that guy though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we could, if we could talk him into it, that would be a, we a could. decent option. He,
1: he showed some spurts this year when he got on the yeah. floor, of really showing that lob up, yeah. get rebounds, get some easy dunks. Like he looked good at certain spurts, spurts of the year. And then you got, um, I'm I'm sold on Wayne Selden. I don't know if you <laughs> are, but I really like Wayne because he he's not a great, like he's not gonna be like the greatest yeah. guard in the league, but for what he came in and did in those yeah. 20 games or whatever he played. Like, he he was a slasher. He'll get, he'll get to the basket. He's going to get on the free throw line. And I think that's all you need out of a backup point guard.
0: Yeah, and he uh, – I liked him in the – we had him on our summer league team, too. Uh, I was hoping there was a way we could keep him. Um, I think he's got ability. He can shoot the ball. He was kind of inconsistent in the playoffs. But he's an athletic guy, uh, can play the wing, can guard. You know, he was even on Kawhi for a little bit here at the end of the year. Um, you know, he's got potential there. He's definitely somebody that I want to keep on the roster. Like He's signed. I think there's an option. I don't know if it's player or team, but there's an option for next year. Probably a team option. But uh, if we can kind of just like mold him a little bit more, maybe find him some kind of a few minutes here or there, you never know what you might have out of him because he's only 22. You know, he was, you know, Chris Wallace loves those Kansas guards. Uh, but um, we'll, we'll see what we can do with Wayne. I think. There's some, there's some interest. There, there's some, there's some interesting pieces on the roster moving forward. I, uh, I think, uh, you know, we'll see what we can do in the off season. But, you know, like I said, there's not a lot. Like we said, there's not a lot of money, money out there to be throwing around. So we got to be careful. We've got three guys, three guys making over twenty million a piece next year. So, it's you we're know, spending eighty three million dollars sure. on three guys. Yep, three actually
1: guys, two, so. and yeah. <laughs> two and a half parts. One leg oh, right dude. now.
0: I bought the new NBA 2K – well, I say new. It's from this past fall when it came out, but NBA 2K17. And I was doing a fantasy draft with players, and I was in like the eighth or ninth round out of a 12-round draft. <laughs> Chandler Parsons was just there in the small fours, and I was like, what in the world? So I went down there, and they have his attributes so f- – like they has like a D-plus outside shooter – and I was like, man, y'all are really disrespecting Chandler's game. Like, I know he's been injured, but you can, y'all you can't have him out here like a 70 overall. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, he's at least – He signed a max contract. Like, NBA 2K over here just killing just, – just shitting on Chandler Parsons. I was like, he's not – I was like, <laughs> yeah, you got paid – you got the lottery, but you're, yeah. not, you're not 2K material. No, you're not 2K material. We're going to – Make you earn this back next year. So I think, but,
1: though, overall, I think people are freaking out way too much about what he's done this year or what he did do this year because I mean the dude just came off like two knee injuries, like yeah.
0: And he, that's Carter. <laughs>
1: Vince Carter was not a shining horse when he came into our he came to our team. I don't know if you remember that or not, but he was not. I do. He was not hitting shots. His sh- shooting percentage was horrible. And then yeah. this year he's really blossomed into. Um, what we wanted him to be back when he was like with Dallas, but yeah, I think it's the same thing with Parsons. If we can get some good value out of him at the second half of next season, and then on his third year, I think it's going to be worth all of our while.
0: I think so too. He's the he he was. I'm a hundred percent okay with the signing. I wanted the signing. I still believe in the signing. Getting a player like him bodes well for us in the future in the free agent market, and if we Continue, if if the the if the front office decides to ship him out or anything like that or make some stupid move like that, you know that doesn't bode well for us getting any future guys. So we got to be careful with him. You know as a, as a, as a team, as a city, you know get behind the guy, root for him like we would anybody else coming off an injury, and, and I think he will. Once once you see the ball go in the basket, everything is cured. So that's yes. that's really the, the cure for every disease. But but you know as 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 we move forward, you know because there's a lot of we could get in the Grizzlies talk all day, but. Wanted to touch a little bit about um, uh, this second round here. You know, the Grizzlies were eliminated the other night. Um, the The Bucks were beaten by the the Raptors in six as well to go on to face the Cavaliers. They're starting, I think, tomorrow night. Um, we had the first game. We had the first second round game start today. Isaiah Thomas. Boston, yeah, Boston, Washington, and then Game Seven of the Utah Clippers series. But we'll just cl- close out utah clippers really quick because you know that's uh there's not a lot to say there i'm, I'm actually kind of glad the clippers are out they would have been destroyed by the warriors i think the jazz actually will have a game or two where they uh where it's pretty fun up and down where they maybe they like, slow it down or something and, and then really get the warriors in the mud and, and win a game in utah but ultimately it's probably a five game series
1: yeah i I would say they could stretch it to six if they can get their yeah. wins at home. I know Utah's brought a really good home home crowd, especially yeah. for that Clippers series. But if you get Gordon yeah. Hayward going, I think they got a shot. Um, yeah. If you got Rudy Gobert and all them out there playing good ball, I think, yeah, overall, I think it's going to be a five, six-game series. But they could give them yeah. a little bit of fight overall yeah. because really – I mean, Jazz are pretty much identical to the Grizzlies in most things you look at with them. It's slow, ground pound. Uh, They're going to slow down the tempo just like the Grizzlies do. But, yeah, I think Warriors got that locked up. But one thing I wanted to talk about was the performance by Isaiah Thomas. Oh, god. After The day after his sister's funeral comes in, drops 33 points, 9 assists, and he loses a tooth in the game.
0: Whoa! I didn't even see that. I actually didn't get to watch much of the game today. I was just following it on uh, online. Honestly, I didn't watch it at all. But headline <laughs> is it's Thomas thirty three points loses a tooth. I did, and he hits two threes after he loses a tooth. I did hear that though. He like got it knocked out in like a loose ball or something like that. That's crazy. I think it's yeah. awesome. No, yeah. I mean, he really. We saw the first two games of that series, kind of a hangover from, and I say it's a, it's a, in insincere way to put it but really was the hangover from the initial news of the, his sister's death you really saw that affected the team a lot and the, you know the raj Rajan rondo was a factor as well but then they went four straight versus the bulls they're really clicking on all cylinders finally that terrible series with them in chicago's done hated every game of that series it was so terrible <laughs> to watch um it was I just the only thing Bulls, on a couple I nights. was
1: convinced that the Bulls yeah. were gonna win that series. I, I was like, too. I thought I was like, like, man, <laughs> the Celtics are just gonna blow this and they were gonna it's going downhill from here. I was but hoping. I was hoping. I love Brad Stevens. I think he's a great coach and I think overall I was like there's no way he's gonna just let this no. team tank. And then now that they get this big win at home and overtime yeah. against uh, the Wizards to start out, and I think the Wizards are a good team too. But yeah, I think the I really Celtics like will. Series. Celtics will win this one. I think, I think they'll think win so. in six. Um, yeah. Isaiah Thomas, I think he's really focused in now, and I think as long as he keeps playing like that, there's no way they'll win that. The, the Wizards will win that series.
0: Yeah, I'm actually 19
1: yeah. threes during that game.
0: Yeah, they were. They were. They. They. That's the thing. They didn't shoot very well against Chicago, and they just like made up for lost time here. I mean, he I'm looking at it. They percent. had everybody. They had. Olenek was two for two, like Smart hit a three, Jalen Brown hit a three. Like they had a bunch of contribution from everybody from that, from uh, from outside the arc. And I'm actually – I'm really a fan of this series. Like it's, it's strength against strength. Like Washington's strength is their guard play with Beal and Wall and uh, Otto Porter. And Boston's strength is – besides Isaiah Thomas is their perimeter defense with Crowder and uh, – and uh, Avery Bradley and, and, you know, the way Al Horford plays team defense with them. But I think it's a great matchup across the board um, because you're just getting you're getting fired up guys on each end of the court. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun series. I think every game's going to be over 100 points like this one. I actually like the Wizards. I want the Wizards to be in the finals against the Cavs, the conference finals, because I think that will be a more entertaining series than Boston Cavs. But um, I think this is destined for six or seven games either way. I'm gonna take the Wizards just because that's selfishly who I want to want to go, but um, but I think because uh, I want them to play the Cavs, but I think it'll be it'll be a it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be appointment television. John Wall flying up and down the court. Bill, you know, he hit four threes of his own today. Um, I think it'll be you know if if the if the uh, Wizards can get a little more contribution from their bench than they did today, I think the series can can change a little bit because Boston does like they did last series have a tendency to go cold from three and then uh they don't have a go-to bucket guy besides isaiah and if you can that's the thing when you're when you're a point guard is the guy who's your go-to scorer he it's sometimes it's hard for him to get his shot because he has nobody else setting him up like if you're if your best player is your wing player or your your go-to guy is a wing player you have the point guard setting him up maybe for the shot in the last minute so it's interesting dynamic there, but um, it'll be a great series regardless. So I think it's very funny that I'm seeing Gerald Green get back on the floor and start. The dude's been in the league for since 2005. How crazy is that? But he only got seven minutes tonight. Yeah, that he was. Uh, I felt, uh, he probably won't start next uh, no. next game.
1: I they, thought That was were, that
0: special lineup they had, but I think they realized that it's not going to work in this series. I thought
1: they were done in the Bulls series when they announced that Gerald Green was starting. I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. they had to reach
0: to that low. I know. But, but, I mean, heck, we got Vince Carter starting. so <laughs> I actually and think I, they'll probably move Marcus Smart in there. I, there's a chance they move Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. To they be will because they started them second half of this game. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's who I would probably go with to be another perimeter defender, which – that right there, I mean, you're going with literally three guards and and Jay Crowder is the play in the four, who's a smaller four. That's a that's a fun series. This is little, this is some Warriors-esque stuff, you know. Probably the better series
1: of the next or this of this round, I think. Just from yeah. But yeah. I do. I am excited to watch the Spurs Rockets. Yeah. Um, I think the Rockets got a way better shot, obviously, than than we did. With yeah. the with the Spurs, but the only thing I think I think the Spurs are beatable. I do not think they're going to win no. the, the the Western Finals because obviously it's clearly going to be the Warriors. But I think the best chance for the Warriors to get beat is the Rockets, just because the Rockets. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna outscore you just like the Warriors try to do it, and mm-hmm. I think overall the the Rockets got better tools to at least guard Kawhi Leonard because he's just. Right now, he's really – I mean, if he keeps playing the way he does, I mean, you could really throw the hat in on him an MVP.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I i mean, you saw – they struggled with Memphis. Uh, obviously, Houston over the course of the season was a better team than than Memphis. Uh, so, you know, by default, you would say, oh, well, Houston's got a pretty good shot against them. And I actually think I agree with you as Houston being the, the best competition for the Warriors. I think it's interesting in this series, though – you know, we both know the, the the genius that is Greg Popovich. I think he's going to have a pretty interesting game plan. I think maybe the first couple games of this series, uh, you know, they'll be in San Antonio. There's a chance that if they steal one of those, you know, still maybe if they can get both of them, you know, we've seen, like you said, we we saw that Kawhi can go ISO, can go one-on-one, can be the, the main horse on an offense. And, you know, they don't really have – I mean – Pat Beverly, as they're probably their best perimeter defender, and he's got to
1: guard him. Like he's he got to guard him. him. Yeah.
0: I mean, just to get in his way and bother him. But I mean, I don't see him stopping Kawhi getting to from the point that Kawhi wants to get to. So it can be very interesting. I think you're going to see a lot of thirty point games from Kawhi, and if you know if uh, LaMarcus Aldridge can take advantage of the you know the small Houston lineups, you never know if the the, the Spurs are are keen to surprising people you know even though they're an all 60 win team they still have to surprise people but uh i would this is going to be a fun series as well i think it's right up there with the uh, um you know uh boston washington and it'll be it'll be a fun probably six or seven games as well uh you're not going to be i don't i don't see you beating i don't see any i don't see the spurs going out in less than six or seven definitely yeah. I, don't, I don't see them being able to i don't think it's physically possible but for them, what do you think? For that habit. Yeah, I, I agree.
1: What would you think though on Toronto? I mean, Toronto oh, and Cleveland. Toronto. I love the yeah. matchup. I think the guards of Toronto are going to be a lot of fight for the Cavs. Yeah.
0: But uh, what do you what do you think about that series? You know, it's a matchup of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, you've got great one on one scores for Toronto. They added th- those moves they made at the trade deadline with PJ Tucker and Serge Ibaka. They made those moves to beat the Cavs. That was their their whole reason to make that move. They they switched around their starting lineup a little bit against the Bucks. They finally got out of that series after a scare. I think it's fun. I think at Cleveland showed a lot of you know, they they swept the Pacers, but they had a total win they had a total margin of sixteen points over the four games that they won. Like total. So that's a little scary. Especially struggling with a guy like Paul George, who's another one-on-one scorer, just like Lowry and DeRozan. I think you're going to see a. I think he, I think we're headed for at least a six-game series here. I'm a big LeBron proponent. I do think the first two rounds of the playoffs are relatively, you know, easy—not easy for him, but like not too stressful. But I think this is a special second-round series because you you have a who many people thought was going to be the second seed or the, you know. Right up there is a one or two seed with Toronto slip a little bit in the season, so they have this, you know, mid-round matchup against them. So I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be a like it's another great series. Uh, I think I think you'll probably see six games, but Cleveland coming out. Cleveland coming out, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would agree. Cleveland at six, but I think the I just love to see this Kyrie Kyle Lowry lineup or matchup again. Yeah. I agree. I I want to see. I want to see what they do with Serge Ibaka. Like, I guess Serge will be out there with like in lineups with you know against Kevin Love. Some, um, you know, they they started playing a guy I love for Toronto, which I don't know why he wasn't playing early on against the Bucks was Norman Powell, who really changed that series for them. Well, great he's last uh, name, yeah, <laughs> of course. Or later, yeah, you wish, um, but he's a he's like a two. Slash three hybrid player guard forward hybrid, um, late round pick. Uh, can shoot the ball. Can play the. He'll probably be out there. Uh, maybe taking some time uh, on defense against uh, Kyrie. Some maybe throw him at LeBron a little bit. Um, guarding Jr. here and there. But he's a he's an interesting guy that I think could give Cleveland fits because they're not going to be focused on him whatsoever. You know they're going to be focused because Cleveland has struggled on defense, so they're going to be focusing mainly on uh Lowry and DeRozan or DeRozan Lowry in that order. And then after that, you know, what do their second do their, you know, third and fourth defenders, are they gonna be, you know, really in tune with what the team's game plan is. And if 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 not, then I think somebody like Sergi Baca or Norman Powell could have a pretty big series and and change a game here or there and you never know after that. So Yeah, I just think the Cavs
1: Overall, their defense is atrocious, but they can yeah. get away with it. Right? Um, and, and I don't they, know. If, I don't know if face it's, face it's face. just because of the first round, first round series. I mean, LeBron is flawless yeah. in the first rounds. It doesn't matter how bad he plays or how good he plays. Right. But overall, I think it's going to bite them. It's not going to bite them now. It's going to bite them when they play the Warriors.
0: Yeah. No. That's and that's what their main thing is. Because this is the thing. I think this series will be harder for the Cavs than the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I, do, I totally agree. Right. I do want, like I said, the Wizards to be there. I think it will be an exciting series, and I want to see – really what I want to see is John Wall in that Eastern Conference Finals type of atmosphere and really see him kind of break out. Because the Eastern Conference Finals, I heard somebody say this on a podcast the other day, um, that really kind of – a lot of times that's a coming out party for people. John Wall is is a known commodity, and he is a superstar. But he isn't talked about as much because he is in that D.C. market. He's on a team that's not as flashy, you know, as far as highlight-wise. Getting that Eastern Conference Finals head-to-head with LeBron can really brings out the best in people, like it did last year with Toronto taking them to six. So that's what I want. But I do think that I honestly think Cleveland could probably sweep Boston, maybe a five-game series. Not big on that matchup, but this will be the tougher series for Cleveland. I think this right here is going to be. If they get over this hump unscathed, you know, as far as injury wise goes, then they're you know, their track to the finals is pretty pretty clear.
1: It's just so many minutes on LeBron. That's the that's the bigger
0: concern, I would say. He's a robot. But
1: overall, it's going to be. I, here, I'll give you my picks, and you can give me yours, just so we have it on record. Cleveland yeah. in six. Mm-hmm. I got. I'm gonna take the Celtics in mm-hmm. seven. Okay, it's gonna go seven games, and then I got Spurs and six, and then Warriors oh, yeah. and. Uh, dang, I'll go, I'll give Warriors in five. I, like I don't that. think I don't think the Jazz got it. No. Um, I think the Jazz will give them a couple games that'll uh, race the heart a little bit, but I don't think uh, I don't think they'll be able yeah. to close it out. So those are my picks.
0: Yeah, I think with the, just for a little bit on the Jazz real quick, I think the Jazz seem like, that organization kind of seems like they have a good head about them, like they've got a, the way their roster's built out, they knew that coming into the playoffs, if they beat the Clippers, they're going to play the Warriors, who are, you know, destined for that final trip. You you beating the Clippers like this, uh, having that win, like, showing that your squad, you know, I know they have Hayward coming up in the offseason as a free agent, but showing that you've arrived, you know, you've, you've that this roster full of young talent has arrived and and really ready to go to to perform is kind of what their goal was. Like it's kind of a consolation, like if anything after this point is a bonus, like obviously they're going to be trying their hardest to beat the Warriors, but anything after this is a bonus. So I still think it's a success for them. I do think it'll be a short series. I can't, I can't say a sweep just because it's too, too many talented players out there. So I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you with five games with uh. With Golden State, uh, they'll close it out in uh, in the Bay or in Oracle, so that'll be nice for them. I would say Spurs Rockets. I'm gonna go Rockets in seven. I'm gonna go Rockets in right. seven. Yeah, they'll they'll have to. It'll be a close Game Seven in San Antonio. It'll be down to the wire. I think you're gonna have a great one-on-one matchup uh, between those two MVP candidates in in Harden and Kawhi. It'll be fun. This would be a really fun series. Uh, going over to the east, like I said, Cavs in six. I'm going to say six, uh, five to six. I think six though is where it's going to go. And then I'm going to take Wizards in seven. All right. So, so we know, got a couple contradicting picks there, but a couple, I like. yeah, a couple disagreements. Got it. But gotta both are in Game parity. Seven.
1: So we both we both agree that those series right. are going to go out to the to the end, the very yeah. end.
0: And that's what you hope for, honestly. And that's what the NBA wants is having competitive. Do. You know, interesting competitive series, and I think every single one of these second-round series has a great storyline. You know, you would say the the lowest one on the totem pole is the Utah Golden State, but you, any any series with Golden State is exciting. So I don't think you're even struggling there. So you've got a great second-round matchup for Cleveland, which is sometimes a bore. You've got the the young squads of you know Washington and Boston up there, and then you've got the the kind of the Great coaching matchup with Popovich and D'Antoni in uh, in uh, the you know the the Texas matchup. So and that of course that'll be exciting too because they don't they haven't met each other in the playoffs in, like I don't know the exact years on it, but it's been some time. And so they'll be you'll see you know you'll fans will travel well with those two squads. Those Texas teams always come out to, to support. So you'll see some great home you know not not a lot of travel there. So you're going to get fresh players. More, more time in their own beds uh it's gonna be a good series all the way around I agree but yeah you know we'll uh that's kind of the, what we see for the second round uh, I'm gonna to try to jump on uh, in the more towards the middle to the end of this week kind of after everybody's had a good one or two games in the series and uh you know probably, probably me and walker made mike may jump back in here we'll see what happens um, but you know we'll we'll kind of break down kind of what we see as those you know higher seeds go start to go on the road for game three and four. So we'll, we'll have a little insight on them. But I appreciate you getting on, Mike. Oh, yeah, happy absolutely. To, I'd be happy to is, do it anytime. Yeah, yeah, guys. Well, will uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, make sure to follow, download, whatever. We have a, we'll have a we have a new website coming out here soon, more of a blog type thing once we decide on kind of the media group name that we want to go with uh, besides just the No Easy Buckets podcast uh, leg of it. Um, also quality from the spot which is walker and chris uh, their soccer podcast that's uh weekly so um, but other than that guys thanks for joining we'll uh, we'll see you see, see you later this week